ditch. How did we get here? I led you here, sir. For I am Spartacus. We're coming back! Five, four, three, two! Just wanted to send a shout out and a thank you to you guys for creating this podcast and for all the awesomeness that it is. So I love This Week in Mormons because we poke fun at ourselves in an okay way. We laugh at the silliness that is culture in the church and at West because it permeates each other. And at the same time, you guys have tackled some serious issues and some topics over the years and you've done so with sensitivity with compassion and with a slight sense of humor, which makes it better. So I really appreciate it. I look forward to listening to the episodes. I've loved the new co-hosts that have come on. I think they're really interesting. They've added a lot to the show. I have been a subscriber since about episode 40 and I've listened to every episode and I don't know what I would do without having Twim in my podcast feed. And I appreciate that you guys read the listener emails and reply because you guys have done that to me multiple times. And one time, even one of my email stories, complaints, whatever you want to call it, actually made it into an episode complaining about Mother's Day gifts. Um, keep it up. Can't wait for 500 more. And you guys are amazing because you are This Week in Mormons, the original Mormon news podcast. Hey folks, what's going on? Jeff Openshaw here, and it is This Week in Mormons, 500th amazing show, which I cannot hardly believe. You can see it's, it's exciting times. It's not just me here this week. There are a number of people here with us this week. So many it's almost unable to be counted at once. Well, there's 10 of us, but there's many of you streaming on Facebook. So thanks for being here. Here we are. Um, what would this make this? Our sync centennial? Jared, you're be- Jared Gillins, you're the best with numbers. What is the centennial version of this? Sep- not septa, not sexta. Quinta centennial? Quintennial? Quintennial? It's our quintennial episode. So we're all thrilled you're here. So what we're going to do this week, because everybody's here, is we're just going to we're going to talk a little bit of TWIM. We'll still have some news. We're going to have a good time. And for those of you watching on Facebook, please feel free to ask any questions or comment as you so choose. We'll be monitoring that. Um, you are free to say whatever you want about the topics of the day or even just ask me questions, whatever you like. That's what we're going to do. Uh, before we get there, a lot of people to introduce. So we'll just go through and uh, everyone who's here can introduce themselves, everyone who wants to. And if you don't want to, you can wave like this and say, no, I'm scared. So I'm going to go through the order I see people in. Uh, Coming, the author of The Convert Files from This Week in Mormons, making his podcast appearance, Jeff Borders. Hey guys, how's it going? It's been great to be here. Also, one of our beloved authors, you heard him a couple of weeks ago on our fantastic interview with Merrill Jensen, uh, also the author of our Latter-day Saint video vault. I said vlog almost. Video vault column, Jared Jones is here. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. A delight, my friend. And the other Jared from a, a colder 
more frigid locale now coming to us from Idaho. Jared Gillins. Yep, that's my breaking news tonight. I don't know if you all knew this, but it gets very cold in eastern Idaho. But uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm, I know. I'm sorry for you. You've been posting about the weather quite a bit on Facebook. Just two posts. One was that's... when it was 20 degrees. and I thought, hey, it's pretty cold. And then when it was five degrees and I said, no, now it's really cold. Is eastern Idaho significantly worse than western Idaho? Uh, I don't know. I haven't spent. Yeah, I, I have was about to say. So, so let, let, <laughs> let's, let that, let's let that pivot to our West Idahoans. Twin sisters, Tiffany Hales, Ariane Smith. How are you doing, ladies? Hello. We are very happy to be here as well. And yes, eastern Idaho weather is significantly colder so than western colder. Idaho. So much more snow. We're so sorry for you, Jared. Yeah. Buy yeah. a good coat. We'll make it. Jeez. Or move to western Idaho. Well, okay. Also, the, the man and the head of leading saints, Kurt Frankham, our great facilitator. Jeff. Hi. Wow. I come with so much congratulations. I just can't believe you made it this far. Tell me more. Neither can I. I first discovered you long before I ever dreamt of being a podcaster myself. And here we are. Is that actually true? Yeah, absolutely. You are my inspiration. Okay. Not really. No, I know that's not true. You You are the reason I'm podcasting. Okay. I don't entirely uh, believe that. Did I go over the top? Is that too no, much? No, 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 no. You can never <laughs> be too much. Okay. You can never right. be too much. My ego Seriously. can expand into realms. I'm, I'm calling <laughs> in from uh, Kaysville, Utah here and uh, happy to be here. So Fabulous stuff. Also, um, I think still running for Utah's third district. What's going on, election boy? Devin Thorpe, how are we looking? Yeah, we're, you know, we are exactly a week before the uh, big election. Yeah. Uh, very excited. But uh, I had to stop everything I was doing. To join you on the show to celebrate 500 episodes. Congratulations, Jeff. Thank you. We're thrilled for you. We're proud of you. We're honored to be associated with you. We're thrilled to be in the same Zoom with you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Congratulations. I love Devin. Devin, <laughs> you fill my heart with joy. <laughs> like indescribable joy. I don't indescribable deserve, joy. <laughs> I don't deserve how nice of a person you are. It's true. Um, so That's thank you for taking time out of your very busy congressional campaign in order to be here. It's so nice. It's and, an uh, honor. It's an honor. I'm, I'm sure next time you duck in, we'll, uh, we'll post-mortem in one capacity or another. We'll see what happens. It'll yes. Yes. Cool. Uh, and joining us from Singapore, from her bunker, for all the air raids, if you remember a conference, Josie, how you doing? Josie Gleave. Hello. Thank you for having me back. And yes, I'm back in the bomb shelter, but really it's just a closet. I promise. Um, and congratulations to you as well. I do feel like next conference, if enduring to the end comes up, we should just have a little segue over to TWIM on enduring and continuing on. I think we got a good thing going Are here. Are you trying to say the show is about endurance for the people who take Perhaps. part? Perhaps. Uh-huh. No, no, I think it's all been good fun. I actually, I'm wondering what, like, which year did you start? Cause I'm trying to trace back how long it's been. Well, let me about the show. A whale of a tale. I tell you a whale of a tale or two. I will tell you right now. That's a, a 20,000 leagues under the sea reference for those keeping track at home. Nobody, anybody, Jared, I think I got, it, I got, it. got it. Thank you. So, uh, the, the, the first episode of the show was published in mid January, 2010. Okay, because I asked my husband today, he traces himself all the way back to 2010 as well. So, aren't you still a minor then? No, okay, thank you though. I appreciate that. (laughs) But no, I didn't get introduced until a little bit later on down the track, but he's been very much committed since the beginning. 
Yeah. 2010 was a goofy year. It was really funny starting a podcast and like not exactly knowing what we were doing when it was just me and Al and this and that. And the thing I love the most is like the episode names back then, which for a long time were a hallmark of the show of ridiculous episode names that had nothing to do with anything. I've kind of bailed on that as I've succumbed to the pressures of SEO. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm looking at some of these right now. One of my favorites was when Al had a major crush on Olympian Tora Bright. This was 2010. So this was the, <laughs> this was the Turin Winter Olympic Games. And so as a play on the famous film, we called an episode Tora, 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 but with her yes. name, you know, that was good. Um, we are Mosher approved. Sherry don't. Sherry do. That's clever. Jim. Right. That's Thanks. Clever. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all night. Uh, one of my favorites, Reefer Madness, which had nothing to do with the content of the show, other than I mentioned the fact that if none of you have seen the hilarious 50s film, marijuana cautionary film, Reefer Madness. Just watch it. It's on YouTube and it's just awesome. It shows people literally losing their minds from having the ganja. We obviously do not condone that and neither does the church uh, in Arizona, which maybe we'll get into at some point, but the sisters talked about on last week's episode. Anyway, there's a lot of these and probably some of the most fun I had in 2010 uh, was the episode 24, Viva la Uchtdorf, in which in which I, I did my first foray into trying to doing something meaningful. And I've told this story before, but I, I went, I was in Provo. I was up in Utah and I had a voice recorder and I walked around oh, different, yes, parts I remember of, this. different parts of Provo. And I meant to be, if you remember a long time ago, there was this, there was this movie called, what was it like American Mormon or something like that? It had um, Darren Tufts, I think. One of the then guys the sequel, from, Jeff, European yes. Mormon, right? Uh, you might know him in the Singles Ward. If you've seen the Singles Ward, the film, he's the one who's obsessed with uh, with Palm Pilots. If that dates yeah. the film well enough for everyone, he also was like the Utah Power Company's mascot for years. And years yes, so. yes. So, <laughs> and I almost bought a TV from him once when I was at BYU. But um, I lost my train of thought. So I thought I'd walk around and ask people instead of like in New York City, like tell us about the Mormons. I'm like, I'm going to walk Provo because it's going to be hilarious to ask about Mormons in Provo. But it actually turned into a reasonably insightful exercise, especially depending on where I was in the city. Uh, it was like a big difference. Like the answers I got around Center Street were very different from when I walked around the Riverwoods shopping complex up in North Provo, for example. Um, and that was actually kind of fun. It was my first time doing something like that. And I got some interesting answers. And we talked about who the like hottest general authority was. And everyone said Uchtdorf, which was not surprising at the time. Uh, except I remember one man who, man who literally said, I love Oak's baldness. And he was very <laughs> thrilled. <laughs> with one oaks so jeff so, i'm curious at 10 years of podcasting here like what what has changed the most with podcasting what was it like in the early days in the early days we were we were like the prettiest girl at the dance because we were the only girl at the dance now <laughs> well it was not, you and not, a bunch of uh anti uh mormon podcasts it kind of yeah. was i mean <laughs> and another thing we've mentioned before our whole our whole mission statement our croissant the whatever that French is, Jared Gillens can print. No, the Jareds are both front shaking their heads at me. You know, the reason for being, um, yeah, it was, there were like some, uh, I, I like to just call them like the questioning podcasts from some various circles, which I, I do think have merit no matter what there's, you can cover important material there, but there was mostly that. Whoa, Jeff, Jeff. I got to interrupt this. Or there was stuff we, produced by the church. What? Somebody just is, we're adding some, who is it? Oh my goodness! It is the original co-host, Mr. Al Doan. I'm here. Wow! 
Hey, he even brought his own intro music. That was amazing. Congratulations, Al. If you Al, leave here. home without a rap air horn, what are you even doing? <laughs> Al, I can't believe you made it. I was actually about to text you. I wonder if you were going to show no. up. No. All right. So you wouldn't you understand this yet, but three kids trying to do bedtime, it's not as easy as you would think. I know, right? <laughs> it's three, <laughs> three boys, no less. Dude, it you is, have three uh, kids now? Yeah, no, I fast forwarded. These twins really put me over the top, right? I was like oh, a slacker. Gosh, you had twins. Doing nothing. Not when Jeff first found me, I was nothing but a pup. A deacon. Aren't you a deacon now? On Jeff's teat, he raised me up into a grown man. And here I am. Now I, I'm married. Yeah, I was a deacon. I couldn't even break bread. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> oh wow yet you could apparently grow that beard since you've been 12 correct yeah no i came out of the womb with it it's very tickly but the uh the no literally at the time we've done this show three companies three kids a marriage jeff got married i was like so depressed because jeff who is clearly not as attractive as i am was married well before me we've come so far we've come so far anyway sorry to interrupt guys i mean that no that was a great that was a great stop the presses and pull me in. I really appreciate that. All I was right. just in the Q and A. I was chatting away. <laughs> Glad to have you. Yeah, oh, we're, just, just... We're, we're reminiscing actually, Al, maybe you could, I've told this many times, maybe you could chime in on what made you want to do a, uh, the show that we wound up doing in 2010. What, what drove us to that, that special place? Uh, well, for me, for me, I always kind of wanted to try a podcast, but also, also, uh, Jeff, Jeff and I, I mean, we kind of resonate with this idea of like, how do you, how do we dissect the news in sort of a, with a, a faithful lens, right? Because there's a lot of people that would pull, you know, pull in the, the happenings around the church or around the world and uh, use it to sort of push people away from their faith. And we thought there was a, there's a lot of room to sort of grab that stuff and talk about it with a, uh, with an eye of faith of just like, what it, what if we still believe and uh, and also like the news? You know, there wasn't really anybody doing that when we when we got going. And Jeff Jeff was pretty uh, pretty savvy on. Well, he was the bearded nationalist. Was uh, we? I actually he his first business card out of college said Jeff Openshaw, bearded nationalist. Yeah, that's been kind of hard for jobs in the government since then. But yeah, thank you. <laughs> Which I thought was brilliant. Very memorable at a party to get a bearded nationalist business card. But uh, no, yeah, I mean, that was really it. And then and then as we got going, dude, our first shows, we had the agenda. We had little different sections that we we've moved Google to. Google Wave, if you remember that. <laughs> we, yes. we were sad when Google yes. Wave uh, yeah. transitioned out. We had to move everything. Oh, the times. Where's the time gone? We had so much structure back when. Like literally, Wait, so, we, we wrote out the entire show. Like, I'm going to do this one, then I'll hand over to you for the next one. Then I'll then you'll hand back to me. It's like missionaries trying to transition. He would like try and bear his testimony and leave it to me and I'd miss it. It was terrible. <laughs> Wait, so how did you find all these people? I don't know that I've even met any of these people outside of Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay yeah, that's I don't a, know that, if we finished intros we did intros but Al that's actually an interesting segue because I wanted to sort of ping some of our hosts about that because we've got a full on Brady Bunch going on here and it's mainly <laughs> from the promiscuous Jeff Yeah. so by and large I would say most of you have become involved in TWIM in one form or another because I don't want to call you a fan per se but you were sort of aware of it on your own that's not everybody I honestly think when looking at this at these people 
Jared Gillens, you might be the only one other than Al who was just like my personal friend before being involved in the podcast. Yeah, I met Jeff. I I, I met Jeff after you had started the podcast. Yes. You were dating my friend, who also yes, I, I had formerly dated because yes, this you is had. I wasn't going to bring that up, but since you did, good. <laughs> hey, who was this? Which one was this? I'm, we're not going to name names, but we're she not going to name names, Al but, Al, Al. but you did. But then go, she ended up you, marrying you one of my them, best Al. friends that I grew up with. So you know, this is how Mormons roll. We all date each other, and it's all good. Um, so yeah, I found out through her. I met you, Brigham you Young's know. holding on. That's right. Yeah. And then you told me about your podcast, and I, at the time, I was uh, I was driving. I had a driving commute that was about. 30 minutes each way. And I was like, I just worked the podcast into my rotation of podcasts of, uh, uh, for my daily commutes. And, uh, yeah, and that's how I found out about it. And then we kind of lost contact with each other for a while until we both ended up being married to people who weren't that girl. And we were in the ward, the same ward together in Alexandria. And, uh, you, you roped me in, you said, Hey, come, come be a guest, guest host. And then now I'm a regular host, semi-regular host. uh... Yeah, I miss those old A1 days. We had a good time in the same ward. There. I love that ward. That was a good jam. Mm. That was a good fun. So there's Jared, but like, man, everybody else here, it's round robin, whatever you want. But like, who well, and I, how did you come to know this wonderful, life-changing public service? Well, we I was a, a listener first. A friend of mine recommended it to me. And um, I, I had just started staying at home with our kids. And I was needed something to listen to while I did all the dishes and all the other things that I was doing. And so I started listening to it and I immediately felt united in sarcasm and uh, just, I appreciated like how they approached the news, how it was, they were serious about the gospel, but recognized when something wasn't the gospel and was just an artifact of culture or whatever it was and would call that to task. And I, I just, it was a fun way to listen and, and, and listen and think about the church without obviously reading to the saints book on repeat, you know, it's something different to connect you with the gospel and the church. And so I appreciated that. And then I just realized, Oh, this is something that I want to help out with if I can. And I found the opportunity to do the, the video vault, um, which kind of uh, combines my interests in pop culture and writing and, um, it was oh, just a great I way to do more. I've read some of these, yes. So, yeah, that's me. Um, I've listened to you, Al, for a long time. But, yeah, I, I was my first podcast was with the interview we did with Meryl Jensen um, a few weeks ago. And then I've been writing the column for about uh, about a year and a half, I guess, I've been doing that. So, yeah, that's how I found it. It just recommended to me by a friend. And it was it's just kind of progressed from there. All right. Hey, we twin sisters will pipe in and talk about how we found the podcast. All right, Ariane, you you go, you start because you're the one that first found it. Oh, okay. So first, my husband Keith had been listening to it for a while before he told me about it. And he told me about it. He I think he listened pretty early on. He's probably one of your early haters, not haters. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but I do remember he sent you an email about some Romney thing back when the Romneys were in the news. And he's like, I don't think they treated them very fairly. And so he sent an angry email to Twim and you wrote him back and he loved it. <laughs> so anyway, he has loved it from early on. So he told me about it and I started listening because I'm kind of a news junkie. And I told Tiffany about yeah. it and she started listening and then when you and Al put out the call for um, 
individuals who fans who wanted to attempt to podcast, you know, at first Arianne and I were like, nah, nah. And then we were driving our girls down to Utah for the women's broadcast back when they used to have the women's broadcast. And we sat there and we went, we could totally do this. And we started making a list of like crazy things we could talk about. And so then by the time we got home, we're like, we're going to do a test run and send it to Jeff. And so we did our test run and sent it in and you didn't hate us. And three and a half years later, here we are. <laughs> Go figure. So I think I found the original email from Keith. While you <laughs> Something about Romney's, right? Read it, Jeff. His, read it. I'm not going to read all of it. Um, <laughs> but he offered some friendly suggestions. He was very polite. Your husband's a beautiful man. And, <laughs> he is. He's but he did writer. say something that uh, may offer is that you might consider minimizing, if not entirely removing any and all personal attacks or other negative words and phrases, phrases on other <laughs> non-celebrity Mormons. I don't have them all written down, but just to mention a few from memory, for example, Mitt Romney's son's teeth. <laughs> Families should always be off limits. Um, just, talking about how hot Lindsey Sterling was apparently. And, uh, and of course, all it says is all it says here is nothing specific. Just McKay Coppins. <laughs> and he said, he said oh, there seems to be some history here, which I'm not fully aware of, but in any case, the negativity is a little bit awkward, which is probably true. So, <laughs> but he still bless, loves you guys. He's bless you, McKay Coppins. Ever since. Bless you, McKay Coppins. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Hey, we've uh, real quick, quick pause. Joe Peterson's here. Hey, Angie, what's up? How's it going? How you doing, Glad buddy? To be here. Sorry, I had a conflict, but I am here now. Oh, and I want to respond to. Let's see, one of our Facebook followers here. Uh, if I butcher your name, Verlin Yude, I'm sorry, but let me know if I mess it up. Why does only Jeff require a virtual background? I don't require a virtual background. I am choosing this virtual background because it shows that I'm in the conference center being wonderful. And what I've really come to love is it doesn't know how to do the virtual background in the little gap between my headphones. So I have this like white it's a halo. It's very head. fitting. It's a halo. Jeff, yeah. and, and I'm sure it was not intentional that you uh, adorned yourself with a halo, but I think it's appropriate because you're basically an angel. This is kind of like a Catholic-ish halo though. I don't know if I'm, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah, like loud with a Y. Okay, that's an interesting name. I choose to believe it is Maltese, like Buttigieg. So, um, anyone else want to chime in about yeah. how you, how, yes, please. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I kind of came to TWIM through a circuitous, circuitous route through um, another podcast, um, which I won't name, um, which led the Leading Saints, which led to TWIM and started listening. And I, I was already writing for Spokane Faith and Values um, up here, kind of on that Latter-day Saint side of things, the, the Ask a Latter-day Saint column, where people would write in and, and ask all kinds of questions. And uh, I saw that you guys were uh, asking for contributors. And I sent that first Convert Files uh, article over. And, and when it was published, I, I felt like I had a home. And it's it's been good ever since, you know, writing about anything, mostly music. I love music. So yeah. uh, hit up on this music, social media, those types of things. Well, I'm glad that Joseph is here because Joseph is my story. Right? Joseph uh, and I became friends uh, on Facebook and Joseph connected me into the, the back room 
uh, uh, room where it twim. happens. Oh, do you oh, mean? Do you mean room that, where, that's right. The room I think where you happens. mean that that uh, that twim like insiders Facebook group we have that was yeah. the, the most counterproductive thing I've ever created. Yes, but it was. <laughs> yes. It was so uh, fun to be uh, back there and, you know, interacting with the cool people that somehow someone accidentally invited me to guess pot. Oh, no, I think you, you put out a note, Jeff, to the group and said, you know, anybody willing to guest host? And I said, well, I, I would be willing. And, you know, here I am. I remember okay. you and I actually remember our chat. You and I had a phone call to talk about whether you wanted to do it. And I remember it really well because it was like I was in my car like during a lunch break at work. I have I have the memory in my head for some reason. Yeah, I think the last post we had in that group was um, June fifth, twenty eighteen. There we go. Yeah, it died. that was a fun effort. I was trying to copy Kurt because Kurt has seen such rousing success with his leading Saints Helpers group, which is like a brand unto itself at this point. <laughs> And I wanted to like have that level of awesomeness, but uh, no. Instead, it was just Joe griping about politics most of the time. And oh, come on! Fifty <laughs> percent of the time. As your token fan on here, or one of your token fans. Hi, Sharon. <laughs> Hello, from Canada. Um, I just thought I'd mention how I found you. Actually, was through Sunday School Bonanza. Actually. I came across that one, and I was gospel doctor teacher, still am, and I loved the fact that they were short and sweet and to the point, which is my style. So that's how I found you guys, through that way. That's I use awesome. that too. When I was a gospel yeah. doctrine teacher, I used that uh, did, podcast yeah. as well. Yeah, it was it's a good cheater. It was a good cheater move. I've gone yeah. back to it. Many Sunday mornings, it was playing while I was in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of our better ideas. I mean, we just kind of, I don't know. Well, we never rejiggered it for Come Follow Me, and so... It just went away. I think you can still find all the episodes on Apple Podcasts or wherever else. Wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, but it like abruptly stops. It's like New Testament lesson 15, and then there's just like nothing else after that. <laughs> or Old Testament. Well, because we'd already done it. I did get very yeah. lazy when we repeated after four years and just started republishing the old episodes just for the sake of keeping the feed alive. But you know, life happens. That's what the church did with their manuals for years, so it's fine. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying Sunday School Bonanza was a lot of fun. And that one was Al's idea, if I'm not mistaken. Al had this, this good idea to say, let's do it. Let's do a, compar- a, a parallel show, a companion show, where we just like get to the quick and dirty of uh, gospel doctrine. I thought it was a great idea. It was a fun Well, show and as long as we're talking about defunct uh, twim shows, then there was also Third Hour of Power, which yeah. the Third Hour doesn't even exist anymore. Where's Grady? Oh, Grady was yeah. actually... Grady was going to be here tonight, but then he responded uh, literally like an hour ago and said, now he couldn't make it. So sorry. He knew I was coming. Grady was another case of how he got involved with the show. Al, I hope you remember this. When we presented at like a LDS social media conference in Irvine, California, we were standing there in the chapel with our like a PowerPoint presentation answering questions from this is before I think people even used the word influencer. And we were just up there. <laughs> Doing our thing, and Grady was there, and we chatted him up afterwards. That was a. Was the, there was a nice couple that uh, that said we could sleep on their couch if we ever needed it. Yeah, Do you remember? I don't oh, remember yeah. their name, but I remember you. They were lovely, and there was there was also an In and Out truck there, if I remember correctly. No, we went it to the a, actual In and Out in Tustin afterwards. That must have been it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, are we talking good. about how we learn about twin? Is that yeah, what it's, oh, yeah, yeah, essentially. How, how we you I came to be a. Uh, a co-host i don't know oh okay well i don't think i'm really i've only done a couple of episodes um before we started doing 
the the audio version of the temple predictions um i think i've i've filled in i've come in clutch a couple of times when other uh, co-hosts canceled um because i have been uh i was jeff's roommate out in uh, washington dc so that's how i knew about it and i don't know if like how many other listeners um can say this but actually now i'm about three episodes behind so actually i can't even say it now but once I get caught up, I will have listened to every single episode. Uh, so that's 500 hours of my life that I have <laughs> never get back. Will, willfully given to listen. <laughs> oh, I think that one of the things that I like the most, I mean, you, Twim over the years has covered the gamut, I think, of a lot of different topics, um, you know, have kind of approached some of the modern issues with an unflinching eye, uh, but, and just been willing to host kind of a, a conversation, you know, and not a lot of people are doing that. And I think it's steadily less people are doing that. Um, so I think that is really important, but the other thing that honestly, and this isn't as maybe important or as, as meaningful, but the thing that keeps me coming back is the pop culture coverage, man. I think there are few other podcasts, especially in the LDS world, um, or, you know, with other sort of LDS publications, Deseret News or whatever, that really kind of talk about sort of the, the cultural um, popular elements, you know, of, of Mormonism, of Latter-day Saints and things like that. And so it's, a, you know, it's fun. And, uh, and I really enjoy, like, when you guys have those kind of conversations. So famous, famous, you know, Latter-day Saints out there or, um, you know, different, uh, like, writing about music or, um, you know, people that you see in politics on the big screen, that kind of a thing. Uh, we mainly just fun Dale, Dale Murphy and Danny Ainge. That's <laughs> yeah, all we're talking and, about. And He's Steve in Young. my ward. <laughs> Danny Ainge is in your ward? Yeah, he was my high priest group leader for a while. Well, Jared, come on. First of all, Where's Jared, that? congrats Where's on being a high priest at your young age. And I was in a bishopric in San Antonio, but, so, yeah. Oh, do you guys know Danny? He could be on the show. I never thought to ask. Come on, get why isn't Danny Come on the show? On, you got us you know, the Merrill hookup. You you say this and then like, why did I not think of that? <laughs> it's like I honestly just didn't even so yeah. <laughs> he's in my ward. Occasionally I drop the name when I'm with people who know about sportsing. I'm Next thing I know, person. like Devin's gonna say that like Steve Young is his ministering his minister <laughs> or something like that. Now even Steve Young is kind of a hero of mine. We're dropping some like sweet late nineties like cred right here. Danny Ainge, yeah. Steve Young, I, Thurl Bailey. Does anybody even remember who Steve Young is? I've been so disappointed. You know, I drop his name from time to time because I've met him and he was on my uh, my other show and uh no one knows who he is. It's horrible. I went uh, to law school with him. Did you really? That oh, I forgot you, did. Yeah. you mentioned that. You mentioned that last week, didn't you? On the I show? did. In last up, week's yeah. episode, it came up. Was he a good kisser? Well, I don't know because I didn't make the cut. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> I can tell you which girls in law school did. <laughs> Let's get that on the show. Name names, Tiffany. Yeah, we need the. Where's the hot gas? <laughs> what happens in law school stays in law school. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Joseph, I assume there's a comment on Facebook directed at you from Latter-day Men. It says, you're the only one wearing a hat, right? Right, right, right. Yes. It says, what hat is that? In Dr. Seuss rhyme. What Joseph, hat is this? What hat is that? Oh, boy. I don't even know. Oh, it's from my local little cafe that is like a local independent business that I like to support. You so are I bought such their a merch. Hipster. Yep. King's Peak. 
if you're in Salt Lake, check it out. That's not an official plug, uh, nor do we necessarily <laughs> endorse King's Peak. I mean, I've never been. I just can't. Or coffee it. drinking, but you know. Yeah, I can endorse like hot chocolate and other things that get sent to me, but not or chocolate milk. Not King's they have all kinds of stuff. They make a mean panini. So well, Jeff, was- we've talked a little about like origin stories, kind of. I wanted to know after 500 episodes, where do you see Tim going in the future? Oh, this is the last episode, so it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy i maybe would have appreciated some forewarning about that but okay <laughs> she did get a spot shelter this Where was is one it? of the hard things to like figure out a transition out of right like for me doing it yeah, tell us about that al tell us about quitting <laughs> yeah I, well, I think i went ten thousand episodes and said uh you know, i told <laughs> jeff once i got married i was i was gonna not do it every week uh because i i like that's a big that's a big commitment to bring in into a marriage i feel like like hey for an hour every week you're watching the kids take a thing sunday night that i'm covering and so uh no i got i got married it was like finally a life event that can separate the before and after and we're done and so now jeff's kept going and like you can never stop now you could never gracefully exit because it's either going to be some you need a big the 500th or if you or I mean, the thousand somebody yeah. or some or a thousand yeah sure yeah. those there's i guess three options but yeah i look forward to being here during the ivanka trump administration i don't know how you're gonna get out of this <laughs> gonna be great well you you got out and that was you know um to be real for a second like that was a tough period for a lot of reasons because like i respected that you and I know the way your mind works too, Al. Like you always view this as sort of a startup, something we could build. And at some point you were kind of like, what else am I, what else am I achieving with Twim at this point? Right? Yeah. Like, what else yeah. Are you doing? And we uh, had like 10,000 listeners a, a month or something. Like it was a decent number. It was better than that. It was that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe a week. But uh, yeah, I was like, we're not going more than this. Like yeah, and, we kind of hit the audience. Yeah. And, and, comp- and you mentioned like, you know, we were one of the first doing something kind of like this almost 11 years ago, but then competition we, has stepped up. John DeLynn tried more. to steal our domain from us. Yeah. John we DeLynn did early. write us the most patronizing email I've ever received, which is. Seriously? Read it. Yeah. Can you read read it? It? tell us more about this? Was it better than like, hey, I'm doing one. <laughs> I'm, I'm find, doing a weekly show. We'll you see if I can find it. The problem is when I type in John Dillon, I have a bunch of messages from Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's legitimate, Joe. I'm seeing all these G chats pop up in my in my thing. Let's see. Da, 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 was da, a da. phase. No, he, he didn't like. He didn't like that we were showing up. And uh, who, who's the other guys? The cultural hall. Those guys were a bunch of wieners. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say what I you're just, all thinking. Come on. I just love this contrast. You heard it here first. <laughs> Al, we miss this contrast that you bring to uh to I was a, Jeff was always a good straight man for me. When I left, he had to take the comedy throne and go and uh no, but like I have it, I'm so not as well good at it, other. man. We've, I'm not, we've played I'm, so well off each other for you're a good foil. Yeah. Um I did find the email if anyone's curious about an email John Delin sent to us in twenty thirteen. There's not much to it, but he basically said, like, I really I bought the domain this week in Mormonism a day or two ago because I was a huge fan of blah 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 blah. Um I wanted in my podcast of that. If you're not, would you be willing to purchase my domain names from me from what I paid for them? <laughs> He's basically remember, trying to get us to buy the domain we went- that he bought. <laughs> We went to Petaluma, California and watched Leo Laporte with This Week in Tech when we were we were like, oh, we should yeah. do this. Let's learn yeah, how to yeah, podcast. Yeah. yeah, I do. So we made the big uh, the big Hajj to Mecca 
Petaluma, California and sat on the medicine ball and watched him do a show. That was fun. So what I love to hear, I'm not going to read, I'm not going to read all of Al's response to John DeLynn, but I love that he just says basically, you know, if you got the domain on GoDaddy's 99 cent sale, I'll totally buy it (laughs) off of you. If not, just let them expire or redirect them to our site. (laughs) Amazing. And then John DeLynn responded with, okay, I'll talk with my partners and figure out what to do. And that was the You should reply. You should reply today. From 2013. I mean, mean, since you asked, that's a high watermark. And of course, the time we got that cease and desist letter from Kevin Beckstrom's lawyer, which was the funniest thing that's happened in a lot of my life. That was just... Jeff, you should uh, reply to John and just say, so what did your partner say? And that's it. (laughs) 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 He was a real church broadcast. He would have had some foresight to know that he shouldn't have called it this week in Mormons. I'm trying to remember because I feel like he said something funny. Like, I'm sure your show is great. Like, I'm sure you're doing great things. Oh, he said, like, I wrote down the name this week in Mormonism back in May of 2017. I can send you an email if you don't believe me. I was like, okay, <laughs> that's great. But here we are. Which reminds me, I feel like I, I almost want to take the Salt Lake Tribune to task lately because they've got their show Mormon Land and now they're always advertising saying this week in Mormon Land, which in my opinion Ooh. is infringing a bit too closely to my IP. Peggy mm-hmm. Fletcher Stack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so it seems like the uh, the Tribune has taken themselves to task this week, so I don't know if they need any Ooh, more this, guff this from is... you, Jeff. Tell us more, Jared. It's a perfectly fine segue. I think Joseph should talk about it. I learned about this through oh. Joseph's Twitter feed, so oh, tell boy. us about this, Joseph. Well, uh, as far as I understand, they, are, um, they ended their joint operating agreement with the Deseret News, um, and they are not going to be a print public a daily print publication anymore so they they'll still do a sunday edition um and i don't know if there's any other special you know editions throughout the year like say thanksgiving day or something like that i'm not sure um but from what i understand both papers now have to contract with other um printers so i don't know what's going to go on with the print the huge print facility out in west valley city but um yeah they uh that means they're not going to have the same ads they're not sharing that ad revenue um, and they are going to go, you know, make a go at it from being a primarily digital company. But they did not lay off anybody. But, but the Daily contrast is the only daily publication we have left. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a contrast with the uh, the uh, Deseret News has announced. Like there are several. They did lay off several people. Yeah, um, they did. And, you know, and they also are ceasing daily print public uh, uh, operations. And it looks like they might go to a weekly. But from the, the well, latest thing I read from Deseret, it says they still kind of don't know, uh, which is really interesting. But yeah, both of Salt Lake's major newspapers are ceasing print operations as far as daily as a daily paper goes. And they're saying, well, we're using this as an opportunity to expand our digital, but hmm. who knows what that really means. That's, That's okay. huge news because the, I mean, those two papers, uh, maybe apart from a couple of the TV stations here, the NPR station, those are the two juggernauts that cover journalistically the church, you know, as an institution, as a player in society, you know, as, as a organization, both for good or ill, you know, they're the ones that, that cover what, what the church does around the world. So I don't know how much that will change or how much that will minimize their reach, you know, and I don't know. That's interesting. Do you think, did they sever their relationship with Deseret News because they switched to a nonprofit status? Is that part of it? Like they just can't like legally work together in the same way that they used to? 
I mean the trip yeah. to the desert. No. Yeah, I don't think that's a factor. It's just the economics. It's yeah, not no nonprofit has ever had trouble getting rid of their profits, Jeff. <laughs> well said. So that's going to be fun for Utah, but at least they're both fading from print. So as you wander the main streets of City Creek, you will not see a newsstand anymore. They've been gone for a long time. Yeah. Well, I, well, it's it's. I remember several years ago. I thought, ah, I need a paper, and I went out to find a paper. As one impossible. as one feels, yeah. I spent so in about all day looking for a newspaper. Probably in about five months, we're going to have another follow up story about how all the primary leaders are having a dearth of crafting supplies because there's no newsprint mm-hmm. available. <laughs> For them to spread out under painting things, so we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens. It's gonna, it's a, it's an apocalypse. It is, it is. Well, that's very depressing. Yeah, yep. it is very depressing. <laughs> let's talk about something up if we're if we're still on news, and I think we should be just for yeah, a yeah, moment. Yeah, let's, talk, let's talk about something uplifting. Let's talk about Elder Oaks, President Oaks, his right, devotional yes. this morning. Uh, he said a few words that uh, were a surprise to many, many people. Yeah, that can't kind of came out of nowhere. That was awesome. Yeah. Tell us more, Jared. Go ahead. Well, again, and I, have, I haven't listened to the full devotional, but I've read some excerpts. Uh, and President Oaks affirmed that Black Lives Matter. And he, he stated, if I recall correctly, he stated that that is an eternally true principle, that Black Lives Matter. So, uh, yeah, he did say that. There we go. We, I, I don't know if uh, people still want to debate this. and I mean, I'm sure they do. But yeah, uh, it is, and it's interesting because then he did go on. To, he added some did, caveats. Did a right? middle-aged white guy say we had to say that again? Do I need to put a put a blank thing on my Instagram again? Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> do we, are we just running it again one more time? We got to do it one more time. Are no, we also calling so, Elder Oak, President Oaks middle-aged? Are we being charitable? No, no, no. Because, okay. <laughs> no, well, I'm this, a middle-aged white is, guy. This oh. is who's <laughs> driven a lot of the demands for this. I like, I think it's, I think it's great. I also read into it a bit of like, guys, of course, this is real. Yeah. Lives matter. And, yeah, and it's no. the whole, the, the whole idea of like, if you don't post this, if you don't say it, then you're, then you're against it. I feel is, is terrible rhetoric, but, uh, and, and I kind of read into, <laughs> into Oak's statement a little bit that same way where he's like, listen, you're still wondering if we think black lives matter. We do. They do matter. This has always been a principle. Everybody's lives matter. That's the thing. He didn't say all lives matter. He said black lives matter. Oh, yeah. All right. Very good point. I did not mean to. Right, right. You actually have the Black Lives Matter logo if you saw All lives don't matter. Yeah, they put it on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And he did did qualify it. He talked about how he's like, no, not everything that gets done under that, that banner is defensible and he, you know so he kind of added some caveats but but then he came back around to it and said but yet still we affirm he's, he said this, it the principle that black he said it matter. perfectly yeah he did and it was yeah it was yeah. some of the best uh rhetoric i think i've heard from president oaks in a long time so i, I appreciate it it was really good i mean you, you couple this with his conference talks and he's just been diving right into civic issues big time this time around he also mentioned masks which i thought was interesting an actual quote he says and remembers that some of the burdensome restrictions including even the wearing of masks are not only for your immediate protection but also for the well-being of those around you um i'm trying to think if i can remember anyone at his level directly addressing masks yet during the pandemic or not i don't think anybody at his level say something about they might have i mean but uh eat your vitamins Nelson oh, yeah. led by example and wore a mask all through conference. 
Nice. Did it have a logo on it? No, it didn't, did it but it did change colors. We went from black to white. It was very exciting. Oh, <laughs> oh did Twin do a mask tracker? Nice. I thought about it once conference started, but I think all of them were just going to be blue surgical masks by the end of the... Um, yeah, I think Al's on the on the right. Like, they shouldn't have done plain. They should have had, like, the new symbol on it, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, they really missed an opportunity for some Because there's it's nothing, too tall. Less, it's nothing too tall less sacrilegious than an image of the Horizontal. Savior. Yeah. Right. Or just do a small one in the corner. Nothing too distracting. Like (laughs) you know the the ones where they print the actual mouth on the mask. Yeah, an actual Jesus painting right there. That would have been great. Come on, I really wanted. I wanted other a Gary Olson painting right there on your face. Greg Greg Olson. That's the one. Is he (laughs) in your ward? Why isn't he on this podcast? Yes, that's years ago, years ago. My sister walked into a Christian bookstore, oh, and they were selling some Greg Olson paintings. And she asked them, she I think she worked at Deseret Book at the time. This is back in the nineties, and she asked them, she's like, "How come you sell? Um, how come you have a whole bunch of anti Mormon literature over on that shelf, but you sell a, a famous Mormon painter's paintings?" And uh, the per, you know the person that was working there probably didn't have an answer. But she went back about a week later, and they did not have those paintings up there anymore. So I think it had the opposite effect she was going for. <laughs> your, your sister's a real piece of work. <laughs> That's my only Greg Olson story. Hey, Jeff. Yeah. What, as you think about the last 500 episodes, what is like the number one highlight for you? Oi. Number Out of one. all 500, Jeff. Any, you could choose any of us as a highlight. The any number one highlight of the whole. See, I can't do that because it'll make the other highlights feel bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They'll survive. They'll I mean, survive. like the number, like the, like the, the, hmm. I mean, it's a mix because some episodes are harder to remember when it's straight news because like just funny things happen, but I don't always remember even weeks later what was some like amusing or good discussion that we were thoroughly engaged in. If it's about guests we've had on the show, at least some parts I remember um, I've always been a huge fan of the Peter Breinhold episode we did about two years ago when Al and I hung out with awesome. Peter Breinhold for like an hour and a half and he just like played a song. And I've always described that episode as starting off with a little bit of the starry eyed glee where we asked him all the questions we thought about, but then we just kind of settled into a rhythm where it really felt like it was three guys just kind of hanging out, just talking about life. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it got like really chill at the end in a good way. Um, that was a big highlight for me. Uh, Angela Brower interview was also one of my faves. And of course she's friends with Al and, and me. Hello. And you. Hello. And, uh, From she was Mesa. awesome. I just loved her. Great perspective. Great personality. She was a lot of fun to have on. And Jared, I also very much enjoyed our conversation with Matt Harris that we did last year. That was a good highlight interview for me. It was fantastic, but I would submit, I mean, I, and I, I'm, I'm really grateful to Matt Harris for that interview and for the book that I you know, had to read to, to prepare for it, but uh, yeah. I would even submit. And I don't, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know if we're all doing highlights, but sure. um, Nylon McBain's inter- the interview we did with her just a couple months ago or a few months ago uh, about her uh, book about um, women's suffrage in the West. Like not only was that a great book, but that probably from my experience with Twim being a co-host uh, was my favorite, very favorite. I thought she was a wonderful interview subject. Mm-hmm. She had some really great insights. She was very knowledgeable and she, spoke really well. Like I, I really, really enjoyed that. And I think everybody should listen to that episode if they haven't. Especially with an election next week, folks, learn a little bit about uh, women's suffrage. 
before yep. you go. It's very important. Very important election coming up. Let's focus on that. Yes, Devin. Devin's like, yes, yes, women, you should vote. Vote and vote and do not vote for John Curtis. Let's do that. Um, I didn't thing- say that, but I, 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 uh, I sustain that motion. <laughs> for, for some stupid things that come to mind, things we laughed about. Al, do you remember way early on, this is a little bit crude, but there was this, this op-ed by a woman who said she was leaving the church because she basically couldn't deal with being single and celibate. And all, you know, not being married. I remember she said like her closing remark was like, I will feel a man's hand on me. And so we. <laughs> yes, I remember this one. I do was that not. an episode title? Was that and an so we named title? the episode yeah, Feel a Man's Hand yes. on Me. Which actually yeah. spawned like Excellent. Feel a Man's Hand on Me too. Feel like this, this became a whole, a whole oh, subset man. thing that we did. Um, that one kind of cracked me up. There were some other funny ones we talked about. Um, do you remember? Do you remember when you did the man on the street episode? We talked about that right before he came in. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fun. My my other fond ones are my uh, my sincere hatred of McKay Coppins that lasted years. I mean, he never spoke to me. We've never had an exchange. He was just a fun guy to hate because he rose up from the from the bottom of the Daily Universe writer LDS living, and then went on to do great things. It was just sheer jealousy, but I loved it. Oh, it was it was delightful. It was a good run. Also had. I went to, by, by the way, I it's still, important to know, I went day, to, I'll be writing in my journal yeah. and I'm just like, I still hate that guy. <laughs> I went him. to high school with both of his parents in Spokane, Jeff, by the way. Yeah. We, uh, Why aren't they on the episode? You should have them on. Should, yes. I want McKay's parents on the show. I, and I just want I, to ask they them why. Him I tried to get McKay on my show too. And even his parents said that he would do it, but I never did pull it off. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, that story I'm ended at, in a surprise way. I got Bill I Gates, but fan. I could not get McKay Coppins. Mm. I'm looking at some like old episode titles just to see if they ring any bells. One hey, that Josie, I love. You're, you're a fan. Oh, I was a fan of the week that you finally discovered Lizzo and in great detail described how you were dancing to her music, but then also trying to tell people maybe not to listen to her music because it's explicit. And it was that for me was not at all a Mormon pop culture moment, but I very much enjoyed that visual. <laughs> that was great. Right? has got to be great. So I don't think I even knew who Lizzo it was, was so until like good. last year. So definitely. So along oh, those lines, Jeff. I don't know. I don't know if you saw this, Jeff, but in the question, Sam Bryan has asked, and you remember Sam, right? Yes. Anyway, uh, so Sam Al, has Al asked, was roommates with Sam too. It all oh yeah. Circle. I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. So Sam Bryan has asked, "What was the most uncomfortable slash off the rails episode?" Just any time Al just spoke about something he shouldn't have spoken about. Oh, so every you, episode uh, of Al. Oh, no, hold on, hold on. I got one. You offended James the Mormon, and then I couldn't get interviews out of that guy for we ages have, afterwards. We offended him. Al? We offended him. We were perfectly <laughs> hospitable. No, so I. I thought I thought James the Mormon was like a caricature, like he was he was doing a thing, and we and it was all like a little it was a bit a little bit tongue in cheek. Where he's like he's like all right, I, I'm rapping, but I'm more you know like more. No, he's incredibly sincere. More. Yeah, very. No, sincere. so he was he was all in, but I, I kept being like, hi right, man, this is great and, and good for you, and I'm excited about it. But also like, can we can we drop the bit for a second? And he's and I think that that kind of irked him a little <laughs> bit. And uh, yeah, I mean I. It, it was awkward for us too because when they're you know it's like asking uh i don't know uh a fat lady to take off the pregnant suit and she's like no it's me and i'm like oh 
my gosh. That was the James the Mormon experience I had. And I was like, hey, man, come on. Come on. And he's like, shut up. This is really me. I am so sorry. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, that was a good awkward one. I don't remember my being that bad for one. me. <laughs> well, I don't think you well, guys you realized it wasn't bad until... No. Until yeah, I had yeah, until he liked so it. Josie, what, that, I didn't know about this though, Josie. What was your experience? Apparently, really? struggling to. I don't remember what I was trying to. We knew about it. She yeah, I don't know what I was it. trying to talk to him about, but yeah, he just sort of there was just a suggestion that maybe he didn't like feel as welcome on Twim. I don't even remember much of what happened, so I feel really horrible if he's actually mm-hmm. ever listening to this again. And it's like, um, you well, can't no, we love we, you. We whatever, like, whatever maybe you're... you can make me. We all maybe love you can him. do a theme song for us or something. Some... He's like, yeah, get, get they never book, do it when we it. ask Al. I specifically Somehow asked Meryl Jensen to write me a jingle, and he hasn't. He hasn't delivered. Meryl no, Jensen. Well, I don't know how to find a septuagenarian in his garage. Can't even do it. No. James the Warman as an intro would be fantastic. But yeah, somehow lines got crossed there. And uh, yeah, the uh, wasn't working out. Well, and he's like legit famous. He's did a whole thing. So good. I mean, good for him. He, um, gave, he took there's, all there's of the one other one. that we gave This is just another McKay Coppins jealousy moment, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. There's one other one. I'm sure it Joseph, is. Joseph, you got the nail on the head here. I was going to bring this one up. So this was not like <laughs> awkward per se, but when we interviewed the guys who made that movie Freetown, the true story of Latter-day Saint missionaries trying so to escape from like the movie wasn't, in, but the in inter- the Leone. show was. It was just like, yeah, the movie was perfectly fine, but it was just like a <laughs> just like an awkward, just like stilted interview. I felt imagine like people that don't want to talk about anything being on a show to talk about stuff. Yeah, that That's one was, was a little awkward. So if you ever want to go back and find that one, people, that one's always fun. I think Jeff and I were G chatting at the time. Like, I hate these guys. I will kill myself if we have to do this. <laughs> That's not hyperbolic at all. Al. No, not in the least. Um, so, you know, fun times all around. I mean, going from uh, my awkward... other awkward moment. There, one time I took a girl out and she had listened to every episode of the show. And, uh, and it was our first date and she was pulling the, so how's your brother, Jake? I was like, how do you know my brother? Well, I just listened to every, you know, it was, it was just a very, oh, very weird no. uh, experience for me to like <laughs> go through a whole first date where she knew everything about me and I knew nothing about her and didn't know what to do. <laughs> it's a whole story. That's how that story ends. We didn't get married. So. Well, I can say for Ariane and I, at least, well, I don't know if I could speak for her, but for me, um, she was pregnant at the time and due to give birth. And we did an episode talking about Utah slash Mormon baby names. Yeah. And I loved that episode. I thought it was so fun to. Uh, did you get hate? I, I, I don't recall getting hate. Thanks. I think any hate we get probably goes to Jeff. Yeah. Mm. So we're, we're, un- we're unaware. I of filter that. the hate. I protect you. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's a good question, though. How much hate do you get? Do you get hate, Jeff? Do you get hate, Bill? Do you get love? Oh, guys, do you not pay attention to the Facebook comments? To <laughs> oh, it's well, the yeah, dumpster that's, that's the Facebook. Oh, I want to. Yeah. I want to know, like, like who what, takes the time to what, email? What emails come directly to you? If you, um, you're married emails? to one. Well, yeah, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> aside from Keith, and aside from John Delin. <laughs> Uh, I would say the majority of emails are positive, just thoughtful people have feedback from 
the episode, something that they want to express. There have been some people who write in for no reason and just say like, Jeff, I hate you. I hate you. You are so pretentious and unlistenable, but I listen every week. And I'm like, okay. So like, why are I don't even respond to them. I just say, okay. In my mind, I'm like, that's, well, you're still, thanks for the download numbers though. You're still here. <laughs> you're living um, rent free in their head. And, and I fully don't understand it. Cause some, I've had some people with an email repeatedly just with like mean comments and I never respond to them. And it's just weird that they take the time to do it. But I guess that's just, that, that's what Jared and Devin and Jeff do. Or you're saying you receive these comments as well. Well, Devin's apologies. Waving goodbye to, to Devin. Cause Devin has to go. Devin's got to go. Okay, I apologize. I've got to do campaign work. I wish I could stay all night. Congratulations, Jeff and co. Uh, you're a hero, Jeff. Oh, I'm a hero. All right. Well, you go work that proletariat, buddy. <laughs> okay. Have fun. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Good luck next Tuesday. Bye. See you, Devin. Jeff, I think we've gotten one email of a lady who was like, like that we strengthened her testimony. Do you remember that one? It was a, it was the like one a, time uh, someone said something positive. School, but- I yeah, remember no, we actually like got- in all this effort, there's one lady that was like, Hey, this actually made a difference for me. And I really felt the spirit. And we were like, Whoa. All right. That's nice. I, I will say, Has um, there been when, we more? Were, when we were doing Sunday school Bonanza more, uh, actively, we received a handful of emails during that, which I thought were pretty touching. Cause there's times when you're like, dude, this is a lot more work to do this whole extra show and put all this together and da, 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 da. But then I remember we got an email from some, like a member in Bulgaria who just said, I'm in a little branch yeah. in Bulgaria. And I listen to this and it helps me get ready for my lesson. And it's like, help my branch a lot. And I just thought, look, I'm just running a dumb little show and I'm not that smart. And that, that felt cool. And Sunday School Bonanza has always been more of a sincere effort, I guess, in a way, if I can say it that way, uh, than Twin. But that was cool. That was cool to know that people get reached in one, in one way or another. I mean, I, I loved um, the Christmas episode that you did where you just had people tell stories. That was mm. last year. That was know, one of my best fairly, ideas. It was a great idea. I remember I was... Christmas, like for me, like Christmas was over. It was in the evening when I finally listened to it. I was cleaning up the kitchen, you know, Christmas with young children. It's either you, you win the lottery and they're just so happy or like life is just meaningless because you didn't hit the mark. Right. It's just, there's one or the other. Um, we had had a good day, but it was just, you know, I, I listened to that as I tidied up the kitchen and it was just like the perfect little end point. I remember at one point I was like crying <laughs> into the sink because of, I don't know whose story it was, but um, it was just a really great heartfelt, you mentioned heartfelt way to, to really focus on Christmas and focus on the reason. And some were lighthearted, some were sad, but it was, it was a great episode. It was one of my favorites. I think. I loved it too. Thanks. And I want to give Joseph, this was not an episode, but a couple of years ago, Joseph's the one who spearheaded the idea to do daily uh, blog posts about life, the world. And we got a lot of people to write for that. And that was pretty fun too. So that was all oh, you, yeah. buddy. That, that was, was worthwhile. That's, that's a good little series to go back and revisit too. Everyone's I always enjoy through. your temple predictions as well. I look forward yeah. to those at the conference. He's surprisingly <laughs> accurate. Surprisingly <laughs> accurate. We have a gift. Though, Joseph, Gift I don't for... know where you came up with the second one in Sao Paulo this time around. When you first listed that, I was like, okay. I'm like, all right, whatever. We'll roll with it. And that was... I knew it. <laughs> that one was impressive, my friend. I don't I know, know where we're going to go. Sources. I think in six months, let's see. <laughs> I'm just going to keep harping on Mongolia until it until it. That's the out. new Bentonville. That's all I can do. Provo uh, River Woods. That's the next one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> River Woods. <laughs> Orem word perfect. I will campus. say uh, this was a recent episode, but I I love these author interviews that you guys have been doing lately. Yeah, those are good. Those are uh, they're just super fascinating. And that guy that you brought on for the um, the James Strang book, mm. 
I love that Miles Harvey. Second that. Yeah, Miles that Harvey good. was a wonder, and he's not a member of the church or anything. Miles Harvey yeah. was just a wonderful guy. I love talking to him so much, and we talked for like an hour after the interview. Oh, I love it. Just a, just a wonderful, fascinating man, and I loved that he, he had such fresh eyes in the realm, like just within our culture and things. I mean, he's aware of the church, but mm-hmm. he is an author, went into a deep dive on James Strang and what happened with a breakoff so group cool. after the succession crisis. And he was just, it was really cool to like learn from him and his perspective on things. That was fun. There, I've enjoyed are that there too. Any, are there any authors? And, and, and this I, this is a question I guess I have for Jeff, but I think also Joseph might have some input. And, and, and I'm, I'm interested in any of you. Are there any authors that we haven't interviewed and they could be people who have recently come out with stuff or just any kind of legendary Mormon author. Who, who should we get on the podcast that we haven't interviewed? Gerald Lund, obviously. Okay. We'll about that would be fun. Have you ever heard of Glenn Beck? <laughs> <laughs> the name rings a bell. Remember Glenn Beck's Tears? That was a great episode name. That was a, a episode. great episode name. When, Glex, when Glenn Beck was more socially relevant, we talked a lot about that. Glenn. That was my fantasy football team name for a lot of years, Glenn Beck's Tears. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? I would love to have Taylor Petrie on. I think it would be super interesting to talk to him. He, that he one was, we should, yeah, we should actually do that. He recently that published the Tabernacles of Clay book, which is, um, I have not I have a copy on my bookshelf waiting, waiting to be read. But I, anyway. I think uh, you know the Gibbons Heimerdinger would be, would be fun. The Gibbons, Chris Heimerdinger. Oh man, I was such a fan as a kid. I would love to interview Chris Heimerdinger on this show. That's a funny prospect, but I do think the idea of like interviewing fiction authors who write for a pr- primarily LDS audience is uh, is not a bad idea. I think that'd be an interesting interview for sure. Well, that's Josie, why recently Josie I had, Kilpack. I had a lot of fun doing that interview with um, with uh, Soraya Wilson. Like that was good. That was so. really good. Yeah. And she's not writing specifically for an LDS audience. And that was kind of part of the angle that got, became really interesting with what, for me, uh, preparing. This is the guy that does Levin Thumps. He would be a good one. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Mole. Something. Brandon, Brandon Mole. Yeah. This is a great, this mm. is a great brainstorming session, guys. I'm enjoying this work call. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. Well, what oh, wait, about politicians? Uh, somebody, uh, this Verlin Yao said Orson Scott Card. He wants Orson Scott Card on this. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Politicians, I don't. Politicians are welcome to come on the show if they so want. Four years ago, we legitimately, I went to a little bit of an effort to try to get. Um, it was an outside shot of having Hillary Clinton on the show. We were, I was actually in contact with people, but obviously, it did not materialize. I remember. What- <laughs> Do we need That's anyone beyond? Do we need politicians beyond Devin Thorpe on this show? I mean, no. John yeah, Curtis. I, I have been campaigning to get my state senator C. Scott Grow as an interviewee. She did. She sent him an email. No, I didn't send Scott an email or see Scott's grow. grow. I sent Jeff an email saying, oh. we need to get see Scott grow. I just email see Scott grow. Why is everyone waiting for me to do things? People take initiative. <laughs> All right. Well, then I may take initiative and see if I can get see Scott grow general authority emeritus. Emer- not emeritus. What emeritus? like something else. Emeritus. And see if we can get him to come on the show. You're for, you guys are forgetting about uh, Evan McMullen. I mean, that was a good oh, I was just thinking oh. about that. Yeah. that what happened good. to him? Uh, I saw him last year. He came to our book club in our elders quorum in my ward. And that was fun. <laughs> he talked about his life in the CIA. He's pretty big. He, he uh, created a, uh, you know, nonpartisan organization, um, you know, to do political advocacy. Yeah. Stand up Republic. Yeah. Yeah. So, he gets a lot of hate on his Facebook page, like a lot of people right now in this uh, yeah. this hot election climate. 
Al has left everyone. He didn't even think to say goodbye. He Bye, wrote Al. into the chat. That doesn't count. The people don't see the chat. Um, Anyways, Al says goodbye. similar to his, his, when he left the show. Just sort of. Just oh, just <laughs> yeah, but actually going back to that, you didn't really answer the future of Twim question. You're you right. We got sidetracked. Like anyway. you're divorcing from Al, which I think is really where your heart still lies. So it wasn't like a divorce. It was a conscious next. uncoupling. That's, That's what we right. had. Thank you, Gwyneth. And um, and now I have a company called Goop. So the future of Twim. Well, I, I'm hoping to do more interviews. I think we've got a we've got a better rhythm going. I think this year with some interesting interviews, which I've liked. And that's not because I want any of my dear co-hosts to have less work to do and talking to me all the time. But I think it mixes it up a little bit, and that's kind of fun. So hoping to do more of that and keep generating great content. The big question, of course, is if we'll actually rename the show, which is something I've thought about for a while, and I don't have any news on it. How close did you come, Jeff? To to renaming the show back when it was cool. When it was cool to rename shows? Right. I wasn't close at all. And I'm still standing by the same thing. LDS right. Living still exists and the church owns it. So, And they have no plans to change it. And they have no well, plans also, to change it. You know, and I think the other argument for not changing it is that we're not speaking specifically about the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. We're That's talking true. about cultural things. We talk about you know, things that are adjacent. And so, you know, when you talk about st- the Strangite uh, church, that that's a Mormon issue. That's not a church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints issue because it deals with Mormon history and Mormon that's splinter true. groups. And there are all, you know, all sorts of things that Mormon covers that the official name of the church does not. So. Oh, good. Now Joe left everyone. This was this, how long has this show been going on now? Everyone's leaving. I don't know. Nearly an on. hour. Is it only nearly an hour? It feels like many, many. It sure. feels like 500 episodes in one. It's exactly movie. what I was going to say, Kurt. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it was, it was a good. softball. I is had there a, hey, hey, we're on the same wavelength. It was beautiful. Is there any other news anyone wants to hit on? Like, Jeff, do you want to tell us all about the, the Christmas concert that's coming up and what we can do differently? This is good for people to know about. I mean, this is great. You know, anybody who wants to have the opportunity to participate in this um, virtual um, church conference. They're going to stitch it all together once they have all the videos and um, they're inviting anybody member, non-member alike to, to submit these videos um, for December um, Christmas celebration that they have going on. So um, if you've ever wanted to be in a, in a church music video, now's your opportunity to do so. I think it's a pretty awesome response. Like, to COVID, like, okay, they got to cancel the Motab Christmas concert and all the other festivities at Temple Square, which is fine anyway, because Temple Square is like dug up. So what are you going to do there anyway, right now? There's, that's just rubble. But um, this is a great idea. Anyone can submit um, their own musical recordings. And they can be, they did say they're giving uh, preference to uh, groups over soloists, yep. but it can be whatever yep. you want. What I like is that they did say it could be like fun, jovial, Christmassy songs as opposed to strictly worshipful ones, which I like as someone who's been to many award Christmas parties where they refuse to even like play jingle bells because it's not Jesus centric enough. Um, I think it's a good reminder that we can still have fun and it's okay to be just, you know, festive and things like that. So it's cool they're doing that. I assume we'll see the normal, you know, BYU vocal point, gentry type stuff, but you know, they they did point out they want some more cultural, you know, um, other other things from other cultures in there um, as well. Also, gentry should be a guest. I need gentry on the guest for reasons beyond gentry, for reasons meaning what the tall guy was also in once, but he won't talk about (laughs) it. You all know what I'm saying. (laughs) 
Um, I would love to have, yeah, like you're saying, like, you know, beyond like vocal point type stuff or your our typical like hymn format, mm-hmm. I would love to have people sound things that sound more like, including uh, Gladys Knight, you know, if she wants to do something. Absolutely. I, you know, I think one of my favorite Christmas albums is, is the Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings Christmas album. Um, and I would love to hear some stuff like that, get some real soul into it. And what's cool is they're also taking original compositions. So you don't have to just be covering Christmas or hymnal classics. If you have a, a great jam, then just, just do it. As someone who comes from a non-traditional LDS background, yeah. evangelical background, I love when I can hear something a little bit amped up, a little bit more um, to it. Um, so I would agree with you, Jared. I like to hear other things, uh, a, a more wide variety of music. So, Are you, you going to praise? Heck Yeah. Right. Yeah, All Jeff, day long. didn't you write? Now I know. Yeah, you wrote an article on Twim about praise music, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. So. Now I know how I know you, and I loved that article. So yes. Yeah, you know, and it was a, it you're, was kind of a thing for that me. guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, I went through a phase where I kind of put that to the side because no one that I knew was listening to that kind of stuff, and then I thought, why am I doing this? You know, I love this stuff. Yeah. This, this is me. So. When I was in high school, I was super into a Christian ska band called the OC Supertones. Didn't feel Amen. bad about it at all. There's nothing about wrong. The only thing wrong with it was it was ska, but beyond that, it was awesome. I've got three of their CDs in the closet. Do man. you? Yeah, yep. man. The OC Supertones. <laughs> so that's good times. Let's see. Other interesting news. Josie, do you want to bring us the international news? You have prepped well for this. I don't want to deny you your segment. I can, but there was also an Arizona piece that I really wanted to get to about you can dinosaurs. Do both. You can okay. Do both. Well, the maybe we should. Yes. I'll, I'll do a quick bit of international news first, and then someone can take it away on the dinosaurs. So Mormons in Interlaken were the feature of a recent one-hour broadcast on a Swiss radio show, and the presenter interviewed like a branch president, head of the Women's Association, which I'm assuming just means Relief Society, two missionaries, and included some lovely church hymns. And I don't speak German, so I can't tell you much more about how the broadcast went. Um, but similarly there, we had another mention in the Swiss press about how like Mormons deal with myths and prejudice about being a part of, uh, or under the umbrella of Christianity. So, um, I just wanted to highlight those. I love it when we get a little bit more of, um, mention beyond like Deseret News or some of the press in the States. Um, And then Latter-day Saint Charities are supporting the World Food Program during the global pandemic with donations that are going to support meals for like children in Somalia who would normally be relying on school meals, but school is closed at the moment um, in some places. And Sister Eubank had a nice quote where she said that the, or talked about how the World Food Program Partnership is important because it's an organization that supports some conflict areas and places where the church doesn't have members like Yemen or Somalia, among others. So they're partnershiping up on that to provide some more support. And other good stuff, Oregon's Relief Society is joined together with some other local organizations to help some of the people who have been affected by the wildfires. I imagine this is continuing on down through California as well. Um, And just helping out those who needed to work out evacuation plans or those who needed support if their homes were lost. And then lastly, the church has launched a campaign to kind of piggyback off of the Day of the Dead Festival, um, which is more of something that takes place in Mexico. And they're spreading awareness about um, the church's website 
And it has lots of information about how um, or like where you can go to find answers about life and how death is not the end. So I liked that. It's kind of like our little light the world, but we've gone Dia de los Muertos on us. So that's it, it reminds that's me of nice. Uh, it reminds me of missionaries like showing up outside the theater playing the Book of Mormon musical. Like we're just, Oh, yeah. We're just, I've been there for that. Capturing the zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah, so we we know where to insert ourselves very strategically. I like that about us. So there you go. That's our international news. And someone please take it away on Arizona and the dinosaurs. I can well, do it. I just no diggers. Go for it, Jared. Go. I, I, I Jared Jones it. wants it. I I read it and I was like, is this a real thing? So right? in Tucson, Arizona, there's a McDonald's that has a large fiberglass dinosaur outside of it. And there is a group that has been petitioning them to remove it because their group is, I want to be sure I get their name, Christians Against Dinosaurs. So they are saying, you know, this needs to be moved down. It's a fictional character. It's a parlor game that's gone too far. Please end the madness. Remove the dinosaur. I think it's a very appropriate article in today's climate where... um so many people don't believe science anymore. Um, it's just, I read it and I just, I, I, is this real? Like, I just, yeah, that's I how I felt. It. Cause like they go out of their way to say that dinosaurs are not supported by science. And I'm like, what science? And does anyone, has anyone tried to infiltrate this Facebook group? Is well, it and actually but real? it's funny cause there says, it says that, but then it also acknowledges that scientists, you know, believe in dinosaurs, but it says that, that the dinosaurs were invented by scientists to disprove, like to take, you know, to attack people's faith, to disprove religion. Freaking deep. So, man. so, wait, so wait, but, but the funny that, yeah. And so like, I like to have, yeah, Jared, how you said that, you know, you're not sure if it's real. And the article says that too. It says whether the group is sincere or satirical and its mission remains unclear. And then later on down in the article, it says the group, the group took issue with claims that it's page is satirical saying that they are not, science deniers they just don't believe in dinosaurs <laughs> i feel like this belongs on the onion i'm like what is this <laughs> I mean, uh, that's, that's what their concurrent campaign to get rid of the hamburglar too so you know mm. he <laughs> just teaches not... kids to steal though that's right? that's right uh... i actually heard on npr today whether they wanted to make shoplifting a uh, felony instead of a misdemeanor in most cases you know to thwart it Oh yeah, that that's, that always works. Because usually the evidence shows that that's what happens. You know, the mm -hmm. the harsher the crime, the or punishment, the less likely the crime. Yeah, I love these people so much, and I I believe they should be successful in their quest. I hope they then advocate for the Ten Commandments to replace the dinosaur statue mm -hmm. inside of the McDonald's. I think that'd be awesome. What if they replaced it with a giant trilobite or something like that? With sure, that works too. Did anybody else see uh, this one? I just thought this was interesting. This is me, classic Jeff, reading into things too much. So at the, at the Church News, and it says how a family support and a good night's sleep are helping teens navigate the pandemic. And I've seen a few stories along these lines basically arguing that teenagers have been doing better in the pandemic because they've been sleeping more. And the church side of this, of course, they're getting more time with their families, which is great and wonderful. And I think there's a a lot of logic to that. Absolutely. I mean, it's wonderful to be able to spend more time with your family. And it's wonderful not to have to get up quite as early to do various things and feel so taxed. And a lot of studies have shown that uh, these schedules we put teenagers on in particular of these very early mornings and getting out of school earlier is not good for them compared to elsewhere where they might start late, end late, all that stuff. 
But the main thing that stuck out at me here is they're basically saying kids not getting up early for seminary is better for their health. And so is the church like tacitly admitting that early morning seminary is essentially bad for a teenager's health. I know some of you are in the, you know, the uh, the Mormon corridor and you all go to your trailers. No, I'd say my wife agrees with that completely as an early morning seminary. Yeah. We were having this conversation earlier. So I just think it's the word seminary appears nowhere in this, but they just, they push quite a bit on the value of a good night's sleep and kids not having to get up too early. And I just wonder why no, surely this had, to go through some clearances and no one said, guys, this may shoot our, we may be shooting ourselves in the foot (laughs) with the early morning seminary effort, which is good because I, but at the same time, I believe that release time seminary should be abolished, but that's a whole other. You know, I've watched my teenager through this and now he's doing seminary online. Yeah. Um, uh, And I don't know, he seems to, to be more rested, seems to be a little bit happier. So, you know, he's mixing it in with the school day when he has time and, and it and it just goes well for him. And that works out here in my state. A lot the seminar they they're doing seminary at like seven p.m. on Tuesday nights. It's yeah, we have an evening class. My my child yeah. oldest isn't in seminary yet, but they have a because I'm the executive secretary. I hear all the information about seminary. So yeah, they have an evening class now too. They have. You're also the exec sec, Jared. I am. Yeah. Are you the ward exec sec or the stake exec sec? I am the ward exec. Oh my goodness. So this is my second bishop. I I probably will be released, but then we had the pandemic and he's not likely to change things while we're doing things so strangely right now. So, well, yeah, you don't change horses. I mean, yeah. Now I read that the teenagers slept through early morning seminary. (laughs) I would say yes, (laughs) get rid of early morning seminary because it provided no value to me. I could get behind seven o'clock in the evening seminary though. (laughs) See here, I'm, my kids are all done seminary. I did all my driving for all the four kids for how many years? But um, they're now they're doing a seven a.m. and a seven p.m. class a couple of days a week. So some kids are doing the morning and some are doing the evening. So maybe give us a few months, and we might be able to see the difference with the kids—the ones that chose morning versus evening. A little bit of a study happening here. Interesting. I like that data. My kids are nowhere nowhere near that, but I do know that Zoom kindergarten is not ideal. No. For five <laughs> I'm a Zoom kindergartner. It's not. See, um, when I heard that the teens were doing well and feeling very resilient, I thought, one, that's great, but also, two, are the parents feeling the same? No, Shaking not heads. at all. Look at Shaking Tiffany heads. and They just... We are in the dredges between my teenagers and her elementary school that, uh, I mean, it's, it's far, we're on a hybrid schedule. So it's far better to have them in school every other day than it was to have them at home all the time. But um, Ariane had a kindergartner this last spring. So she feels your pain, Jeff, in Zoom kindergarten is, is, is not ideal. You know, for one of my kids, um, uh, the online has been really good for him because he couldn't manage to turn a paper in to save his life, but he can push the button that says send and get that to his teacher. So there's some advantages, some disadvantages. Well, I'm like disappearing on the zoom call. Look at this. <laughs> this is also your Halloween episode, I guess. I guess so. How fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Zoom, zoom kindergarten's fun. I don't, oh, who else is responding? What's happening in our Zoom chat? 
Oh no. I have to head off, but congratulations, Josie. Jeff. My goal is for everyone to leave and then I'll be alone and I'll issue no, a it's, soliloquy. No, that's not what's happening here. <laughs> okay, just prior commitments. I apologize. All right, I've fair enough. I've got the thanks. rest of the day ahead of me. Josie, thanks for hanging out. It's good to have you here. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. And then there were seven. Our merry band. This is like going through Willy Wonka's factory, folks. I don't know. <laughs> Who's going to be left? Well, we don't have a ton of, of uh, other crucial news. I saw that they updated the missionary referral tools, and I fully admit I don't quite get what's different. I don't know if Kurt walked through much of this on the Leading Saints side yet or if anybody else did. I, I looked but, at it. I think the main thing that's different is now you can you can f- do it in the app, which was not new. You could always yeah, submit yeah. a referral in the app. But I think now, basically, there's more approval and leeway. For example, if I submit a friend in another city, the missionaries can contact me. And if they want, I can get on the zoom with those missionaries and help teach that person. So that's, was kind of the new thing from what okay. I had is, is members are encouraged to participate however they want to using technology. So whether it's getting on a phone call or getting on a, a video chat to help teach a lesson, which when I read this, I was like, I was really excited about it. It's a great way. Um, because normally you send off a referral and that's you never know what happens. But now you can be part of the teaching wherever you are, which is, I think, a really great way to advance missionary work. So, Especially because right now they're stuck in their apartments yeah. anyway. Yeah. So I just props to all the missionaries. Tiffany, your daughter's back, of course, I assume, yes. of course. I mean, how was that for her at the back end of her mission with everything being virtual? Like it that. was hard. It yeah. was very, very hard. Um, you know, especially the the last six weeks of her mission, she got sent to a very, very small town in uh, eastern New Mexico that is part of their mission. And she had been in Lubbock. And she was kind of the, the female version of the assistant to the president in Lubbock, her and her companion. So she had a lot to do and she got out of the house. But when she got sent to this small town in New Mexico and doesn't, you know, with just a little teeny tiny branch, um, it was really a challenge for her to be able to find things to do, to uh, feel like she's being a productive missionary and not just kind of spinning her wheels. And I like that the church has given missionaries opportunities to expand what they're doing either through if you send a referral, just as um, Jared had said, if you send a referral to another and it's outside your mission, you can participate. She was able to like get on Zoom calls with us and do practice lessons uh, with her family or with friends that we had. So um, just kind of a lot of out of the box thinking to keep the missionaries engaged. But it's hard. I feel sorry for those kids. I really do. It's just they and and they're sticking to it and and trying and my hat's off and props to them. This might be a, this is a very unnecessary question, but I'm curious because my understanding of the missionaries have had, you know, mobile devices is we've had yeah. more of those, but they haven't had Wi-Fi or internet in their homes. They've just had their mobile devices, right? But have they given them internet during the pandemic because they're stuck at home all the time and they need the Wi-Fi to do the video chatting? 
You know, my recollection was, and I didn't ask her the specifics on this because I know that like sometimes when she would call us from her apartment, this was pre-pandemic, she'd be using like the neighbor's internet to call us from her apartment. <laughs> uh, she'd get the password from the neighbor. But for some reason in my mind, I was thinking that uh, they have these the phones that they use have cards that could go back and forth between the phones. And whoever yeah. has the card... Uh, then has I, I think they allowed internet access on those cards and they could and they could get on the internet because a lot of her studying and things that she was doing, whether it was reading saints or another thing that I asked her is I said, are you allowed to get on family search while you're on your mission and um, just kind of read stories and stuff that were on memories? And she said, absolutely. Especially during the pandemic, that was one thing that the, the mission president encouraged them to do was to be able to get on family search and you can't do that without the internet. So um, I think they obviously must have made some adjustments for the missionaries, maybe not both of them to have the internet, but maybe one of them to have the internet so they can police each other on internet. Interesting to know. I was always curious about that. Just, yeah, interesting stuff. Folks, this one is fascinating to me only because it's a fun rundown. If you go to the church news again, I didn't realize it's been five years since Elder Rasband, Elder Stevenson, and Elder Renland came into the twelve. I thought it had been three, four, maybe, but it's been five years since they joined the 12 when we had that, those, you know, three seats filled in one conference. So we're not going to go through everything here, but if you will link to it with the episode and uh, if you want to check it out, it's just a fun uh, recap of what they've done the past five years. Now I want to ask the panel though, between the three, you have to choose your favorite quick. Who's your favorite? Who's the best one? Rasband, Stevenson, Renland, who? Renland. Rasband. And you just proved something I've long believed, and I, I mean this with the utmost respect. I think Elder Stevenson is the most anonymous member of the 12. <laughs> I kind of do. Like, I don't know. I was thinking, I was, I was, I don't know why this was in my head a little while ago, but I realized, like, I can't even think of like his most recent talk. I don't even know what it was about off the top of my head. Uh, there's could, the, the, he lost the key, not in the recent one, but when he lost the keys when he's going skiing. He's oh, yeah. one about the Olympics. I'm Come sure on, he's done some some perfectly respectable things, Kurt. I'm sure. <laughs> I it's heard fine. him speak in person when we lived in Eugene. He came to a state conference. We lived in Eugene, Oregon, for about a year, and then I saw him on conference this past one. I'm like, is that the same person? Like, I, I didn't. Remember. Yeah, if you'll remember this, he <laughs> spoke. Like? A, he spoke about President Kimball coming to Japan and showed us a picture of him as a young yeah. missionary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that from this last time. I just feel like he needs a new publicist because I don't know if I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if his brand is popping as hard as it could. Uh, anyway, any other stories anybody wants to cover before we wind down this week, this lovely supersized show? I think we hit the highlights. Okay, I'm surprised Tiffany didn't want to harp on the bad neighbors in Sandy who got mad at a guy for throwing a flag. I, I knew that I was. I thought about that. We're just sitting here. <laughs> I don't want to end on that negative note. No, we don't have to end on that negative note. It's fine. Um, no, but there there were some neighbors in Sandy got offended that some other neighbors had pride flags out, and they sent an anonymous letter, which I always find skeptical when you send an anonymous letter i'm like if you're gonna say it say it say it to their face own it you know don't send it anonymously and it was supposedly sent in love saying you know essentially how can you fly your pride flag and still answer the temple question about do you associate with any groups that are contrary to the church and was really shaming people in the neighborhood 
who were displaying pride flags. Now, mind you, probably most everybody in this neighborhood would be members of the church, but there's a good possibility that maybe there are people who aren't members of the church. And my understanding is the letter went out to everyone in the neighborhood. No, regardless. I think it went only to members. Did of it the go church only to members? Okay. Because then what the woman that got it got on like the community Facebook page okay. and posted her rebuttal so that everyone could see it. Cause she knew that the neighbors that weren't members of the church had heard about it. And, and she posted a very fine rebuttal. Yeah, she did. So anyway, so a situation that started out sour ended up sweet with somebody who had the courage to not only stand up and post a rebuttal, but put their name to it. Look at that. Just like some lemonade. You take that lemon, you add some sugar. Exactly. Mm. (laughs) But I mean, it just, to me, it was just example, uh, just another example to add on the pile of divisiveness that our country has, has trembled or has spiraled down into that just serves to make me mad and just go, you know what? The savior taught us we're supposed to love one another. So can we show some compassion and empathy and maybe start loving one another? I know. And so soon after conference, yeah. all those talks on unity and yeah. did they not And in Sandy, conference? no less. <laughs> yes. Well, that doesn't surprise me. It's Sandy. You, yeah, you, you gonna, say that not to I'm equate throw the shade at Sandy, not, not to equate <laughs> political leaning with like compassion or not, but Sandy is actually one of the places in Salt Lake County. As far as voting a little bluer, it's like San, oh, it's really? Salt Lake okay. and Midvale. And Sandy actually gets a little bit more of that trickle. And once you hit Draper though, all hope is lost, but okay. Right, fair enough. Sandy is fine. Just on a fun note regarding that question, that Temple recommended question. I just heard one of the sisters in Zion making the comment. That when she gets asked that question, every single time she answers, yes, I do associate with people who don't support whatever the words are. And she goes, I go to gospel doctrine class. (laughs) Okay, that is the best answer I've ever heard. That's amazing. (laughs) We should have the Sisters in Zion on the show. Yeah, Yeah. you totally should. Boom. Well, this has been such a productive workshop session, guys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like I have, like we have bonded, you know, ecumenically, spiritually. Well, we basically laid out the, the next 500 episodes for you. Essentially. So I yeah. don't know if I can do this for 500 more episodes, but it's a fair question because you wonder at what point would even Twim stop? I don't know. Am I going to be doing this when my son gets married? I don't know. You'll pass it on to him. Well, that'll be fun. Your legacy That's his inheritance. That's I his love my kid. <laughs> Enough about me. I think we've covered some great ground here today. We've really evolved and bonded everyone and and it's been terrific. So uh, to all of you listening who will get this in podcast form, thank you very much for 500 episodes. I know there's a handful of you who have been there since the beginning, perhaps, and some of you came later, but wherever you are in your twin journey, thank you very, very much for making it a part of your life. We We are a small little band of loyal people and that's fine. So we are, we're very niche. We're like an NBC sitcom in the mid aughts, you know, nobody else is watching, (laughs) but uh, seriously, thanks so much. I couldn't do the show without the people who want to listen to it and find it worthwhile. And likewise, I couldn't do it with the many people who have joined us this week. So to each and every one of you, uh, to Jared, to Jared, to Jeff, to Kurt, to the sisters, to Al, to Josie, to Joseph, to anyone else I'm missing, you guys are awesome. Thank you so, so much for everything you do to make this possible because you just give it up you just give up your time to do this. Like, I don't know. I, hopefully you get personal satisfaction from it because otherwise you get nothing for doing this. And, uh, and, and it's really, really touching to me to do that. I also want to thank Uber fan Sharon Martin for being here with us this week, all the way up from BC. 
should change my name to Sharon the Token Fan. I forgot to do that. <laughs> there is nothing, nothing token about. Oh, I forgot. I was going to play some audio clips from people who left us messages about the show, but I think and I uh, did we, that for you too. And you did do that. I was going to play yours, but now that you're here in person, I, I thought that would morning. make you feel. We, we liked awful. hearing our own voices too much to listen to anyone else's. I know, right? I know. I was going to play. There's one funny one where it talked about how much somebody hated me originally when the show started, but that I've matured. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. So thank you all. I was going to play some of those, but now I, I, I will save everyone the time. Anyway, uh, everybody, of course, you can get the show wherever you get podcasts. If you haven't, haven't subscribed, please do so. Normally, our shows are a little more structured and a little less self-congratulatory, but I hope you'll indulge us this week as we celebrate our quintennial, quintennial, whatever, quintennial, like Quentin Cook. Oh, I like this. That could be an album. Like Willennium? Will Smith? Okay. I'm There's old. the title of the show. So Quintennial. Something. Quintennial. Quintennial so, Cook. Please join us on Facebook. If you haven't done so on uh, Twitter and Instagram, follow us on there. Send us an email, contact at thisweekinmormons.com. If it's mean to the sisters, I will filter it and they will never know what happened. But uh, Hey, we have thick skins. I we should probably just get you guys email aliases so you can actually get stuff from fans directly. That would be the smart thing. <laughs> you can also email Kurt at uh, Leading Saints just because he's doing great work there. And um, Please do. And I just want to give a shout out to Richie Stedman. This show's for you, buddy. Thanks for everything you're doing. Uh, everyone, so seriously, panelists, thank you guys so much, so much. I love all you so very much. I don't get all waxy sincere all the time, but you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for being here. That's so kind of you to do it. And uh, we'll soldier on next week, 501. So for everyone here, for all the people I mentioned before, I'm Jeff Openshaw. This has Peace been out. This Week in Mormons. We'll talk to you again later. Be well, be holy, and be happy. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.